Yo, welcome to another audio blog to audio black or podcast, whatever, whatever the f- I don't care anymore. Hey, what's up? As you already heard in the intro, I am now deeming this wonderful medium of information and truth. (laughs) Um, Audio Black is now a podcast. I decided to just make it a podcast because it's really not that serious. It's really not that deep. Um, Back in the day when I was so serious about it being an audio blog that's what it was then it was an audio blog but now i think i have changed my mind changed my view of my situation and i'm gonna call it and address it and refer to it to it as a podcast it is a podcast and if you want to call it a podcast go ahead but if you want to stay calling it an audio blog you can go ahead and do that too it's really not that deep but if you haven't noticed audio black changes as i change so it's probably not going to be a podcast next time it's probably going to be like a audio memoir or i don't know steward audio steward of truth I don't know. (laughs) Today we're going to be discussing what I've been working on on Medium for the past one, two, three days? Yeah. What I've been working on on Medium for the past three days, we're going to be talking about Trump and his 100 days in office. We're going to be talking about dear white people and we're going to be talking about music as well. You know, the music section of Audio Black. That's my favorite part of the section. I can't, I can't ever wait patiently for that point, but let's get started on the main topic of today's episode that's right episode so um earlier this week i have been bugging i have been very worried very anxious i was just straight tripping <sighs> i'm gonna be graduating in a few days and I know that I should be very joyful about that, but the job hunting has been worrying a sister. And when I say sister, I really mean sister. So the title of this segment, or is it it a segment? Okay, the title of the topic is Anxious Black Woman. And I mean, not only am I anxious about what every other college graduate is anxious about when it comes to going out into the working world but I'm not only anxious as just a college graduate but I am 
anxious as a college graduate who is a black woman. Even though we're, we're all students graduating from college, we still gonna be treated different depending on where we come from, who we know, our backgrounds, whether we're Asian, white, Latino, black, male, female, accent, no accent, even though we're all going to be experiencing the job search and the whole applying process, we're still gonna be experiencing totally different situations. And I just became very worried about that reality the more I thought about it because I'm a six foot one dark skin, dread head, black woman with a Nigerian name, okay? So, mm, I'm sure there's some people who are listening like, girl, and? But, nah, that, that was legit. I was becoming very, almost fearful about it. And I was like, am I gonna get a job? Am I gonna get a job? Because I feel like, you know, the odds are are already against me. I mean, the employment uh, atmosphere is not really popping. And um, black people don't really get respect. Women don't really get respect. So I'm a college graduate who is black and who is a woman. So yeah, you guys do the the math and then get back at me. But um I just thought that a more productive way of dealing with this reality and this anxiety that I'm probably blowing out of proportion cuz I, I do do that. My worries and anxieties get the best of me. I decided that it would be more productive to maybe write it down, you know, to make it, I don't want to say think piece because that's just so disrespectful to me. Um, I don't want to say think piece. Okay. I just figured I should write about it and make it public and available to people to other black women who may be experiencing the same type of concerns and worries. Cause I know I'm not the only person out there who's worried about this. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm working on right now. And I thought that it would be really good to just like condense everything that I am working on putting in it without giving too much away, but efficiently sharing it with you. And I'm not done, um, but it's all in my brain. And I'm gonna discuss a little bit of it with you. Um, but of course it began with me going into great detail about what I'm worried about. And of course one is just not appearing 
appearing professional enough for them because for some reason we will never look professional enough for their little clean pressed well tailored ironed culture air quotes culture like nigga please you're not fitting into the culture when i think about that i always think about that scene on insecure with molly and i don't even remember that girl's name but she was i don't even want to say she was ratchet but she was the ratchet black employee employee who was i mean to me it looked like she was a great source of entertainment to everybody else all the white employees and they seemed at first in the beginning to really have enjoyed her presence but then like <laughs> i don't know it's just can you tell her that she doesn't really fit into the culture of the firm or whatever nigga please culture Y'all ain't got no culture. Anyway, um, <laughs> I just, oh God. And even though that, that was a scene in a drama, um, it is a reality of many, you know, black employees in a corporate setting or even in any like place of employment where for some reason we're not professional enough, our hair is not professional enough, our hair has to be a certain type of way, we gotta dress a certain type of way, we gotta talk a certain type of way, we gotta tone our voice in a certain type of way, we gotta have a certain type of posture, we gotta make the white people comfortable. It's just like, I don't wanna be a part of that and I don't wanna feel like I have to constantly cold switch and become a whole different person just to go and make money. I feel like life shouldn't really be that way. I shouldn't have to become a whole new ethnicity to work somewhere. That's just, that's ridiculous. That's unheard of. I shouldn't have to change my whole being and essence because I'm worried that they're not gonna hire me or I'm worried that I'm gonna make people uncomfortable. That's just that's just dumb. And knowing my personality, if I feel like I can't be my whole person and I'm not happy, I'm not gonna thrive. And I'm probably gonna get fired out the piece within a year. So I'm not gonna set myself up. And that's what was the main thing that was worrying me about this whole situation was that, okay, Let's say I do get hired and I have to fit into the culture, but I'm not happy and my performance is going to be lacking because I'm not happy and they're going to fire me. I was worried about getting hired and then getting fired more so than are they going to hire me? I was just worried that they were going to fire me because <laughs> I mean, like no like i feel like that is just so that is so suffocating like that you do not seem to fit into the culture that is just so passive aggressive for you are a little too ratchet and ghetto and 
Melissa, Melissa's starting to, you know, say she's feeling a little uncomfortable and, you know, we don't want to just put the atmosphere and the working environment in jeopardy for the other employees. We want this to be a safe space. <laughs> just say what you want to say. Speak your mind. Just tell me you think I'm too ghetto and too ratchet to be working here and you have no idea what I'm doing here and you're a little confused because I wasn't this ghetto or ratchet during the interviewing process and now you just don't know where all this came from. Get out of here, please. I just don't want to like subject myself to all of that. And... You know, going through all those days of just losing my mind. I was really losing my mind. I was like, God, I ain't going to get a job or I'm going to get fired and I'm going to starve. I'm going to be broke and in and, 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 and unemployment and all that jazz. But eventually when I decided to get myself together, I definitely went to God in prayer and asked him to put my interests back in focus and have me working and honing on those interests so that those interests interests can become my career because I don't have a desire to work for somebody I want to have my own thing going on I want to have my own I want to be my own boss I don't want to have to try so hard to fit into a quote-unquote culture I don't want to deal with the microaggressions I don't want to deal with the passive-aggressive racism I don't want to deal with uncomfortable Melissa okay I don't want to have to code switch code switch code switch every time I step up in the building I don't want to have to raise my voice into this certain type of acceptable pitch for the company. I don't want to speak in perfect and correct sentences. I don't want to speak um, articulately every freaking second of the day. Sometimes I just want to speak in Ebonics, okay? Sometimes I want to put in a few ain'ts Sometimes I want to say I be sitting here instead of saying I will be sitting here. You know, you know what I mean? Like Sometimes I want to loud laugh. I don't want to just be like <laughs> because I don't want to make Melissa uncomfortable. Like what kind of life is that? I I wouldn't thrive in an environment like that. So I asked God to help me. But of course, like, knowing that trying to make my interests into my career would be a difficult journey. It's not going to be easy, but it's definitely something that I want to pursue. So now that I've decided to not apply for the certain position I was applying for earlier for certain places. 
I definitely still know that I am an adult who has to have a job and who has to pay for my own stuff and my own way and eat. And I fully understood with that decision of pursuing uh, writing, podcasting, and singing that I can't be too picky with where I will be working in order to fund my career goals and to fund myself. So if I find myself being employed at a Barnes and Noble as a college graduate, then so be it. As long as, as long as money is coming in and I can pay for what I need to pay for and I'm not mooching off of people, then all is well, okay? But look, <laughs> I still do have standards. And even though I'm willing to work any random place or occupation to get some money, there are certain places that my college graduate self will not step foot in. That is not my portion. Okay. So I think that me coming to that conclusion, I think that was very adult of me. I think it was a very adult thing of me to do to be like, okay, Ife, let's stop kidding ourselves. Let's stop trying to apply to these places that you really want, like real life level, don't even really care about. I just thought that, okay, I have a little interest in this area and I might be good in this area because I think it's kind of interesting. And plus it's legit enough to impress my parents so they won't be bugging out, you know? That's the only reason why I was applying to these places because it looked interesting enough and legit enough, so why not? But I knew that I needed to stop deceiving myself because I knew I wasn't gonna be happy. And I knew that there was a certain type of expectation that came with these types of environments and either they will never hire me or they will hire me and then they will fire me so let's be real this is not me being pessimistic this is me being realistic and I kind of felt like God was kind of tugging at me about this like Eve, like you need to broaden your search um Let's leave this area alone for a second and let's look at other possible areas for you to look into. So, that is that. Um, also, what I will be touching up on um, this piece of writing that I'm doing. Oh, man. I don't see. This is very disheartening that I don't know what to officially call what I'm doing I don't want to call it a I don't want to call it a think piece I don't know what to call it and I'm sitting here trying to tell you guys that I'm trying to be a writer or something and I don't even know what I'm supposed to call this if it's not a think piece then what is it is it an essay is it an article, a memoir, a 
am I blogging? I don't know what I'm doing. But it's going to be on medium.com, okay? And I'll give you all the information you will need to find my medium profile. But anyway, another thing that I will be adding on to it without giving too much away is also my thoughts on how we are entering an era where black men and women are deciding to take things into their own hands and not looking to gain certain positions from certain companies or corporations instead are going out there and starting up their own stuff starting up their own businesses finding legal ways to make money instead of like you know having to deal with the microaggressions or having to subject themselves into molding themselves into a a certain type of culture that's non-existent because y'all ain't got no culture stop playing anyway and i see it it's evident and it's became it's become more evident and apparent now in this certain type of state that the country is in with the whole Trump administration like we just had enough like y'all don't care about us instead of once again per use offering our services and talents and efforts to you guys we going to take that and make our own and i respect it and i'm trying to be a part of that so that is what i am doing and that is what i will be sharing with you guys in detail in this medium.com project i'm doing (laughs) now let's jump straight into trump trump dump chump all right so i think it was during this week i guess or was it last week sometime someday this man reached his 100th day in office i really don't have to say much about this i don't have much to say i don't have much thought on this man and the fact that he's been a whole 100 days as a president of a whole country inhabited by real people with real needs Honestly, my only thing and my only thought to share with you is that I'm just surprised that this man has made it to his 100th day. Honestly, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who feels this way. I thought this man was going to be impeached. (laughs) I thought he was going to be impeached like the second week of office. There was plenty plenty of opportunities for this man to have been impeached but for some reason somebody keeps trying to keep him there somebody's like no it's okay it's okay let's keep him there it's fine it's fine it's okay it's okay nah it's okay it's okay it's okay so i don't know 
this man has reached his 100th day in office and if he wasn't going to get impeached with all the things that he has done and said the first or second week of his presidency then this man is not going to be getting impeached anytime soon i wouldn't bet on it i wouldn't bank on it i wouldn't hold my breath on it i think everybody should just go ahead and proceed with their everyday lives and just pretend that he doesn't exist that's what i have been doing and it's been great. Great for my mental health. Okay. Great for my stress management. Okay. Y'all should do the same. Especially black folk. Because it's not like we benefiting from his presidency anyway. So, dear white people, let's get into that. First and foremost, I want to just say this, that <laughs> to all the white folk that got really upset by the show, simply by the title, because people were getting upset and the show hadn't even dropped yet and people were already calling it racist and there was no bit of content that anybody has seen yet. I mean, if you were using the reference of the original movie, I guess. I mean, it wasn't even racist. Nothing racist about Dear White People, but talking about the series specifically, like, no one even seen anything of it. And folks was already crying and saying racism and all that. And lo and behold, the series drops on Netflix and it's titled Dear White People, but it has nothing really to do with white people. Like, the white characters and the stories and the interactions and the dialogue were just simply accessories to a storyline that is all about black students in a predominantly white institutions dealing with racism and also issues within their own community. That's it. That's all. It's a show. It's a show about black people. That's it. But pressing on, this show is so well done. It is intelligently written, intelligently performed. I, I think every actor, including the white ones, <laughs> they were acting their tails off everybody did a wonderful job everything production the writing location the costume everything was just on point and i did not realize until like towards the end towards approaching the end of the season that each episode was only 30 minutes 
And I was like, boy, how do you fit so much in a 30 minute, you know, time slot? The writers of the show managed to fit in so many possible issues within each episode for only 30 minutes. Each episode's issue had a sub issue and that sub issue had a sub issue so on and so forth so many things were touched upon so many things were brought to an awareness they touched on everything they made sure to talk about everything everything and i made a list of what the show was shining light on i mean judging from the movie and the title you know you it it's safe to say that it's a show about black people dealing with racism from white people but it's just so much more than that it's that and then some more the show you know I mean, racism was the base, the basis of it, but there were so many issues that were built upon that fact. And you had interracial relationships, friendships, the you're not black enough, you're into weird stuff, you're into white stuff, you know? You had your coons, you had issues about gay black men, a lot of identity crisis, black mental health police brutality you had the dark skinned woman with the low self-esteem you had the woke pissing contests you had the african with the african-american friends <laughs> he was my favorite character by the way rashi was hilarious and being a nigerian american i felt rashid on so many levels anyways you had the is diversity really beneficial is diversity really working for us the self-preservation um white liberals and i'm sure the list goes on but that's what i picked up and that was my second time watching the whole season over and so good like I took so many notes on it right now let me see what I put let me read what I put on here oh <laughs> the intro uh, on the first episode was hilarious um, the narrator says with diverse students being forced into group shots for the admissions brochure I did not catch that the first time I watched it but when I did I died because I am graduating from a predominantly white institution and <laughs> I saw um I mean on their like promotion for admissions they had the word diversity on there <laughs> they a whole bunch of liars they lying this campus is not diverse no and I did see like the admissions magazine or something it was some type of magazine with students 
walking alongside the president of the university and there was maybe two or three white students male and female and some guy who may have looked hispanic and one black dude and he was on the basketball team so if that doesn't tell you something then i don't know but i died um <laughs> those students that they rounded up for that scene were more diverse than the students here so um i said so much depth in the series of course i didn't realize the show was 30 minutes on blah 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 it's not really about white people everything was an internal perspective of black people in college the white people played a little role in the series the show just touched upon black issues at different levels how black people deal with society internally delivered in a way for everyone to see and visually take part in instead of being peeved by the title and making assumptions if the bothered white audience took the time and not all of y'all was bothered okay so don't say not all white people some of y'all were bothered okay if they gain if the white audience took the time to get out of their feelings they would have gained the opportunity to see what the black community is dealing with everything is depicted through our perspective and i think the show did a great job on shining light on how when we do speak up about what concerns us regarding like race and relations race relations race and relations race relations that it's always taken and misconstrued and it's always received as if we are trying to attack and call somebody a racist perfect example of this was at the party where reggie is telling his white friend yo don't say nigga you don't have to say nigga i understand the song says nigga but you don't have to say nigga and he was like so you're calling me a racist like nobody was calling you a racist racist reggie as a friend and somebody that you are familiar with and reggie is familiar with you he thought that you know you know we boys you know i i think it's it's very important that you should know that it's offensive to me for you to say nigga like i'm letting you know as a friend because you're my boy like don't say nigga you don't have to say nigga when you are singing a song you can sing the song it's cool just don't don't say that word and he was just like why are you calling me racist and it just became a whole debacle and it turned into something that was very triggering that really didn't need to happen <sighs> man mm. the show did a very good job on showing that we just can't we can't share what we're concerned about we can't try and you know they always say then why don't you educate us why don't you educate us reggie tried to educate his homeboy to 
you know, he tried to tell him, you don't gotta say, don't say that. And he took offense to that. He felt like he was being attacked. So no way, there's no way that a black individual, whichever way that black individual decides to spin it, deliver it, you know, it's always gonna be received as an attack or that we're crying racism, 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 racism. So I think the show did a very good job in doing that. And even though that scene was too much for me, it was good. One thing I was really, really glad that I saw on the show was the whole interracial relationship between Sam and Gabe. And I was very excited that that was being discussed in the show because I did have a discussion about this, about how difficult it is to be in an interracial relationship, specifically uh, between a white individual and a black individual, because it's like, like you're in a very serious intimate uh relationship with somebody and how is that possible like why would you want to enter in such a relationship where you risk the possibility of it's not even a possibility there's just things that you guys will not relate on at all like experiences will be different Therefore, perspectives about certain things would be different. And I was like, thank you. Because now what I was discussing and what I believe is being depicted by the show. And me personally, like, I just, I can't imagine, even though it's not true, I just can't imagine how interracial relationships between a black individual and a white individual thrive because you know it would be really hard work to try to uh get past those realities that y'all just don't relate and there's certain things that you guys won't agree upon because of your perspective on things um and i know there's people out there who are making it as an interracial couple but I know it might be difficult and we saw it being depicted between Gabe and Sam here is Sam this pro-black activist on campus who is very active in the black caucuses and I'm gonna talk about the black caucuses later okay I don't know if y'all caught it but there was something that I caught that had me dying but anyway and here's this Gabe white regular liberal you know just white and carefree he's not racist not on purpose but because there's some things that he's just not seasoned about there's things that he's just inevitably going to do because of different experiences and different perspectives and at the end of the day you know I don't want to want to give spoiler alerts because there's some people who haven't seen it but all in all you see it you see that struggle in their relationship and I was very glad that they decided to discuss that and depict that and 
uh, shine light on that because a lot of people think that interracial dating is progressive. Nigga, nigga, where? Interracial dating is not progressive at all. It's just another thing that adds a strain in two individuals' lives, you know? So there's that. Now let's jump into the Black Caucuses. Okay, so the campus, and I think this also touches on an issue within the Black community. And correct me if I'm wrong, but sometimes we can say that we are unified in the black community <laughs> we could be so unified but so divided at the same time so the campus this predominantly white campus had so many black caucuses okay you had the black student union bsu of course the only one that we acknowledge okay and then you had the what was it the african american student union which was, uh, I don't even know what, what, they were just like copycats. I don't know. I don't know what to say about the African American Student Union. But then you had the, <laughs> and this was the Black Caucus that killed me because of their acronym, the Black American Forum. And they went by Black AF. Y'all, I died i was like yes that is an example of black excellence right there black af and they were the ones that were wearing like mad dashikis and they were the slam poets and <laughs> they're the ones that went super hard with the pro black movement Oh, yes. I did not catch it the first time I watched it. I caught it the second time I watched it. And I was so pleased. I was like, yes. Thank you, dear white people. And thank you, Netflix, for dropping it. Thank you. Despite on all the BS, the BS that came uh, prior to all of this. Thank you. Brand new! I know you're gonna dig this. It's that time of the episode where we discuss music. So let me bust out my handy dandy Apple Music. And once again, I ain't got no affiliation with Apple Music. I have no obligations to do this, okay? <laughs> Let's start this off with the new releases! Brand new! Alright, alright, so in the new releases section, we got... Well, I'm only gonna announce the relevant stuff. Relevant to me, I don't know. Y'all could go ahead and go to the new releases and check out the rest of what they have. But I'm gonna mention what I think is relevant. All right, new release number one. It's been out for a few weeks now, maybe like a week or two. But Kendrick Lamar's Damn! I like the album. I got a few favorites on the album. I didn't get a chance to like actually sit down through it and like digest everything because everybody knows that he's a complex 
artist with complex lyrics and meaning and symbolism and all that jazz. But I definitely do have a few favorites. Next up is Talib Quelly and Styles P. The album is titled The Seven. I will probably be checking that out, seeing what that's talking about. And I think that's it for the new releases, because I did go through this list, and I'm like, nah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, Wale. Wale released Shine. And then and then you have Young M.A., her story. Oh, Gorillas. Gorillas, they dropped Humans. I've heard that it was really, really good. I might check that out as well. Oh, remind me later to give you the name of the instrumental, the background music I used while I was doing the other segments of the podcast. Oh, yeah, I wanted to mention this new release. I don't know who the heck Jimmy Wopo is or Wapa, whatever. It's it's Jimmy W-O-P-O, but he has an album titled Jordan Kobe. And on the cover is a picture. It's like a half and half picture of Jordan and Kobe's face. So if y'all want to check what that's talking about, it's Jimmy Wopo, W-O-P-O, Jordan Kobe. And that's it for the new releases. Like I said, I was going to be checking out The 7 by Talib Kweli and Styles P. And the new album by Gorillaz Humans. Check it out with me if you like. We are now on heavy rotation, according to my Apple Music. Now, of course, I got that Malik Berry. I'm not sure if I mentioned this before, but it's Malik Berry. That's M-A-L-E-E-K Berry. And the album is titled The Last Days, D-A-Z-E of Summer. Next up, I got my favorite mix by Apple Music. Damn by that Kendrick Lamar. And finally, Drunk, the new album by Thundercat. Welcome to the announcements. The beat used in this podcast is titled Samurai by Vintage Man Beats. If you find yourself enjoying this podcast, please head over to iTunes at Audio Black, subscribe, rate, comment, and also on SoundCloud, follow, like, comment at Audio Black Blog. Probably going to be changed because this is no longer a blog. <laughs>